0: This podcast is brought to you by the new term at fxphd.com. We have a fantastic lineup of new courses this term, including Nuke, Moto, Maya Bifrost, Touch Designer, Cinema 4D, Houdini, and a bunch more. Check them all out at fxphd.com.
1: You're listening to The RC, your guide to digital cinema, filmmaking, and cutting edge imaging.
0: Hi, welcome to this week's RC podcast covering digital cinematography. This week we will be covering Fallout from NAB falling out of love and many other things with my uh co who I haven't fallen out of love with uh, Mr. Jason Wingrove in the studio how are you
1: good evening good Ooh. afternoon good morning
0: live from the pod
1: from the pods at the fx guide Miramar Complex Compound underground bunker the
0: tech compound yes um if you want to imagine what we look like only look at the uh, poster of the original men in black wearing those uh oval chairs that would yes. be uh, Jason and I I think uh, you're probably Will Smith um <laughs> This uh, is, of course, the RC Podcast. We see our role here at the RC Podcast to mine the various news feeds, filter various blogs, and go down some various rat holes. Um, basically, Jason and I love discussing camera tech. We obsess about it. We argue about it. We have sushi over it. And uh, quite frankly, we wanted you to be able to join in on the conversation and be a part of it. And so this week, we're going to start by, I guess, looking backwards at, uh, at a couple of things. Um, I'm certainly looking backwards slightly. I don't want to look backwards. I want to look forwards. So I want to be positive. I'm really excited by some of the things that are happening in uh, camera gear, especially in um, ways of mounting cameras and doing stuff with cameras and uh, virtual cinematography and things like that. Spoiler one of things, for choice. One of the things I'm not excited about right now is an epic, which is why I sold ours. Rather, John and I sold ours. You did. Yeah. Too many broken promises. Too long for a dragon upgrade. I actually asked about a dragon upgrade before NAB. They said, even though I had one of the earliest M's, yeah, no idea. We have no idea when you'll get no an idea. Upgrade. So I went great. I sold it, and then I got an email last week or this week actually saying, by the way, you're due for a dragon upgrade. Bloody typical. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I do feel Red has moved away from caring about the uh, the man in the street cinematographer. Yeah, they, they've been coaxed the into that. the rest the, of us, the, and now it's no. Camera for no. the best of us. Yes, for the best of us. I'm not in the no, best no. of us. Consequently, I've moved on. And also, I've got to tell you, there's some really exciting, amazingly cool stuff happening with other cameras. So I have, um, I am moving on. And Jason, that very th- positive of you, Mike. I have to say, you're moving on too. As I somebody said,
1: have moved on.
0: A, another person, interested party on Twitter pointed out when Jason starts buying cameras that aren't. <clears throat> Do you want to explain?
1: I bought a Sony F5. Indeed. indeed indeed do you like it i I actually love it, I think it 's really it suits me i mean look there 's nothing wrong with epic there 's nothing wrong I mean again, this is all about horses for courses. we are spoiled for choice and there 's probably a few news announcements and and as n a b uh, uh, has has proven and always does that uh, we're sport for choice and horses of course still definitely applies and for my particular course, which is uh, not wanting to have serious codec but want to have something that has uh, not, uh, I guess not. Not serious codec. I mean, in terms of needing um, to have full on DIT on set all the time, a camera for me that I can take run and gun, and also put on set uh, for big boys, big boys pants jobs, um, can over crank the shit out of things. Go to 180, and if I want to put the R5 adapter on the back, I can go to 240 frames a second. It's going to shoot 2K and shoot 4K if I put the external recorder on. Uh, in a month or so I'll be able to bump it up to ProRes if I want, and uh, built-in NDs, XLRs, nice viewfinder options, quite flexible viewfinder options, reasonably light, a little bit bulkier than an Epic, but if uh, I walked very in nice off the street and to easily, Sony. ergonomically m- made very comfy on my shoulder in about 30 seconds.
0: But um, If I walked in off the street to Sony and wanted to buy one, what would that kind of set me back roughly?
1: Uh, I think there's a pack, I think there's... Still, well, I might have just been a, might have just finished, but there was a package deal fairly recently here at least. I think for about eighteen grand to get up and running. Eighteen is grand, okay. Good. Yeah, so yeah. that's
0: basically m- most of the bits I need, other than obviously lenses.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, you can't really compare it to say an Epic, whereby uh, I think an Epic body is twenty grand or something. But when you're talking about four K raw camera body really I mean it's definitely again it's a different a different course but uh, yeah 18 you can sort of get uh, under 20 up and running with batteries viewfinders ready to shoot the odd memory card and things so um,
0: and as I understand it you're about to shoot a uh, sort of fairly major commercial yeah i shoot a couple of commercials next is that studio or is that or the
1: location? location uh, that is location but I think uh, there's so many things that are re- now having to I mean I just uh, I'm I mean, the menu system is a little bit clunky, but it is certainly improving. Every software uh, revision, uh, they improve things, getting better and better. But I think it's quite a stable platform. I love the codec; it's very simple, drag and drop straight into Premiere. Doesn't need I can I can play 2K and 4K in Premiere. Uh, the XAVC codec what performs really well; very lightweight. Uh, I've talked about the file structure; it's a little bit weird, but certainly the, the files themselves are very lightweight uh, and a lot of bang for the buck. There are a couple of hundred megabits a second. I think it's quite a, quite a reasonably, um, you know, robust file. Uh, yeah, built-in NDS, XLRs, audio levels. DC, I get power out of the camera. There's a billion SDIs, and you know, all pa- all of the little things. I guess that mm-hmm. would would require a module uh on an epic or require something to be invented that doesn't exist uh, you know uh, um it it it's um yeah it's it suits my workflow uh and it suits my schedules and my kind of jobs and again so it's definitely something that I can go from from a, a fuller crew setup to something a little bit more run and gun again it is a little bit bulkier than a an epic but it's it's probably about the same weight built up Uh, ergonomically wonderful. I'm, 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 and obviously it's got the flexible lens mount, which is part of the the deal for me. I think I want the ability to be able to go to EF mount or to go to PL mount, uh, and or hopefully um, in the future, um, speed booster or get the full frame look out of this camera. Hopefully, so you know, it's it's it's. A lot of what I liked with the Epic, but also uh, a lot, it answers a lot of things that I didn't it's like. It's not
0: your ultimate camera, though, is it? Because it's no. not... Yeah.
1: Well, full frame for me yeah, is, what is the ideal. And uh, I don't necessarily need... I don't need 4K necessarily. I mean, 2K is okay. 1080 is how I finish things. 2K is good. I would be better if it was a little bit more resolution all the way around rather than 2K, which I think is whatever, 2000, whatever it is, 80 by uh, 1080 so it's actually not it's not larger than 1080 in the height just in the width which is a little bit frustrating but uh um so i only get a little, little bit of crop ability, sort of or a bit of rackability left to right rather than left to right and up and down um yeah look look i i, I think um I, I obviously the other couple of um well, the main the main plus for for going for the f5 was the ability i think uh, on the the promised upgrade ability for me in a month or two if i want to if i find out in a month or so that i'm really missing the ability to do 4k or the ability to um uh, have the global shutter or any of the other um, differences between the f5 and the five then i can physically pay the difference and upgrade it in a month or so. Yeah, so, I mean the thing is, you know, it, it isn't a
0: religion. This isn't a no, marriage. No, don't I mean, have in, to in just two or three years, one. I'll be
1: switching religions again. You know, it's my work. My my everything. Yeah, the my, work. My, my my clientele and my style of shooting evolves, and I, I'm I'm happy to do so, and I force it to do so, and and just it just happens just naturally because the world re, the world revolves and clients mm-hmm. come and go and and your favorite agency closes or a new favorite agency opens or you know people who who use you uh move on or retire or new people come in and out of your life client wise so things change the two things that are really interesting me a lot at the moment um
0: just nothing to do with cameras the things that really interest me at the moment is moving the camera i'm interested in different things we've been moving cameras since the movie and then to um and probably talk about this in due time but we've uh Separately ordered new slider rigs and um and stuff like that, so that's yes. interests me a lot
1: yeah we'll talk, we'll talk about that
0: and uh but the other thing that interests me a lot is uh lighting like I just love mucking around with lights if I had money to spend right now and and uh you know I have some money to spend um it's yeah there are really interesting lights and ways of working with lights and stuff that 's just where my head is at right now. I had a great time doing um, book lighting with uh, a project that I did since I spoke to you last when you were at NAB. It's really, really huge area lights type stuff. Mm. And uh, you can spend quite a lot of money on lighting, I've discovered.
1: So, but what you are, are you think? going to shoot said lighting with?
0: Well, it's not like I don't have any cameras. <laughs> I still, <laughs> still have like four in this building alone. Yeah. you One um, and Black
1: Magics and 5Ds. And, and uh, yeah,
0: we... Thinking about getting another Blackmagic, the new one, the one that weighs um, sixteen tons. The it Ursa, yes, yeah.
1: sixteen. Weighs the same fiber.
0: weight as a Ursa Ursatellusini, apparently. <laughs> it's just—it's uh, identical. That's where they got it the is, name from.
1: Yeah, uh, and and does based on World War II torpedo technology. No, yes, it is indestructible. It's yeah, weighs twice as much as an uh, as a Alexa. But don't I forget, think. I do a lot of studio work. Yeah, well, so
0: yeah, it'll be perfect. But for that, that being said, I would prefer it didn't weigh as much as an elixir and three times as much as an f5 or 55 i think 16 times as much as that but the camera is pretty cheap i think it's pretty fascinating that they have an interchangeable um, mount that yes. is also an interchangeable sensor
1: yes see how that works we'll see how that technology i, I don't know we'll necessarily get that the, but that's the what the we're saying it's a nice idea yeah
0: also there are some other cameras out there that we're um because one of the things with FX PhD, which is obviously the uh, you know my first love, is um, doing interesting training, and interesting training requires new and interesting technologies people want to be trained in. I think the red workflow is uh, fairly well understood right now.
1: Well, that's the thing. I think a lot of uh, a lot of that stuff has stabilised, and a lot of that stuff has... everyone's. We're in a much smarter, much more educated post world than we were when the red one came about. We'll miss. I will miss Graham Natrice's color science-y stuff.
0: I really liked the stuff that Graham did. Yeah. But that's right. Yes, um, indeed. I, I, yeah. And there's some other interesting things I, I, um, I currently discuss, but they revolve around what you'd almost call virtual cinematography and sort of new ways of uh, of doing stuff that mm. don't involve any of the cameras we've spoken about so far. Yeah. So those are things that uh, that interest me a lot. Um,
1: yeah, workflow has got a lot easier and everyone's got a lot smarter. And, and Talking of uh, which, did you, I was like during the week looking at a camera for my daughter. Mm-hmm.
0: And I looked, well, during the week I was looking for a camera for my daughter. Uh, one of the, you know, she's quite young. She's going to be uh, going on a trip. And I thought, uh, you know, we used to use point and shoots. And I looked up point and shoots. You know those Canon point and shoots that no one uses anymore because you have an iPhone or an Android? You can buy one that used to cost like three, four hundred dollars. For like $89. Yeah. You get one with a McNuggets next. <laughs> Seriously, like they're, you know, proper Canon little point-and-shoots, but no one wants them. And does probably perfectly excellent HD. Yeah. What's that about? Yeah. Well, Fixed, obviously. Not, not you know, what we normally talk about, but yeah. I couldn't believe it was
1: $89. Yeah. Spoiled. That was just get out of... I was like, what? Is that... I guess it's not going to be necessarily better than having just an iPhone with her, but uh, it's the fact that it's a separate object... That is purely dedicated for that and is not ripping through your communications device battery. And uh, it's a dedicated thing that has a memory card that you can remove. That, uh,
0: yeah. My other daughter was looking at the, uh, and in fact got an EOS M because they're really cheap now. Mm. They don't seem to have taken off, but for her, they're so cheap and they have interchangeable lenses. And more importantly, they've got a lens mount that allows her to put uh, Canon lenses on. And she wants to have more control. She wants to be able to take what you'd more call um, a better normal picture. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, if you can imagine it's like a little ESM, which you probably get, I don't know, what, for a few hundred bucks, three hundred yeah. bucks or something like that. Yeah, bu- Exactly what it is. you yeah. get the bucks. little, get the EF, uh, I don't know, if They if make a little Fast 50 for that, but if you can certainly have the little EF, the, the a F little pancake one. EF to yeah. EOS M mount adapter yeah, and yeah. put the little hundred buck. Yeah, You know, 51.8 on there. And you're going to have some great great fun with that. Terrific little thing. I mean, for for happy snaps and or for sort of 7D style video. Yeah, I'm going to be taking... For under, I don't know, 500 bucks.
0: As you know, Jason, bit of a fan of Monty Python. Yes. I'm flying over for the Python reunion uh, in London. And so I'm going to take my 5D Mark III. And it is a bit bulky. I mean, it isn't too bulky. I love it to death. Yeah. I, I really do actually seriously fancy it but um yeah but i would appreciate it if there was a 5d mark 4 that was smaller
1: well there's the sony a7s which is going to be what is going to basically ma- mean my 5d mark 3 is going to be on uh on, on the ebay list really um, as soon as that comes yeah i mean i really liked the a7r it was really nice it was i mean it was terrific to to have such a small form factor and shoot full frame and also to have an electronic viewfinder that had focus peaking um, in it and the ability to literally not have to worry about a shoulder rig and not have to worry about an EVF and just I mean I'm not talking for an everyday shooting but for a B cam or you know a rig camera or whatever or just for run and gun or for um, for recs and and things, it was terrific to have that. Just the the codec let it down. So now, basically, the A7S is going to be the the sort of upgraded codec version f- version of the the R. So I think that's going to be that camera when that comes out. That is gonna that is going to tick a lot of boxes for people. That is going to be for a lot of people. It's going to be their little little B cam rig cam or their little you know their their profile camera on an interview. Or their second, their second or third camera on an interview, or you know, rig camera. So we expect the A seven R. Yes,
0: no, the A 7s A7S. A7S. S. To be what sort of seventeen hundred dollars? Um,
1: of- yeah, I think it's going to be. Well, maybe just a shade over two by the time it l- shift it, it launches here, which is probably I'm sure by the time this podcast comes out, there probably will be a price at the time of a time of recording. There is no current price worldwide anywhere. I'd say, yeah, I'm going to be around because they've dropped this price of the A7R down so much, and I think that they're preparing a little slot there to yeah, be two two or something like that, or, yeah, two. What do we think about it's it's ISO. It's, um, oh, it, it, it's range. Oh, it's astounding, astounding. Yeah? I mean, Dan, Dan Lenny shot a lot of um, great test material with the with the pre-production A7S, and uh, the the difference between this and the A7R, and with a lot of cameras and 5D and all of the rest, is that they've opted for a more video optimized sensor, going with a lower a lower megapixel sensor, yeah, megapixel, so larger right? larger photocytes, less photosites allowing more light. And it's 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 proved to be a, a killer. The the low the high ISO results on this camera. I mean, there's a certain point where you, just, you know it's unusable, but it's way more usable in lower light than, uh, than say you know certainly seeing an epic and certainly way more shits all over a five D in terms of low light and to be able to lift an image and, and get into there. That's another reason why I liked the F5 is that the the base ISO that you cannot make it go lower than this is 1600 iso on on the F5 get out of town really and it's it's yeah that that's that's it's that's its base sensitivity and you can wind it up quite a lot without really getting in, in you know getting into trouble or or embarrassing yourself that is the next <laughs> I mean dynamic range obviously will improve and Dragon has definitely um, set the bar a bit for that but noise will be the next thing everyone's going to be working on some very you know what that's what we'll, the next our next area of being spoiled will be that we are going to be shoot and you're going to be able to shoot until you can't see the hand in front of your face and be able to lift it up to almost you know half a million ISO type yeah. figures and uh, get acceptable results almost think, night vision type stuff
0: yeah i think you'll lose it um long before half a million yes. ISO. but yeah but um yeah the the a7s the only thing i've seen is that demo video they have on the beach with the fire and yeah yeah it's that pretty much shot. pitch black and then they yes. just keep on changing the iso up yeah and as it goes up you'd think the sun is coming up
1: yeah and that's the same yeah, that's if anything if anything the sun's actually going down and it's getting darker and but in fact it's getting lighter. Uh yeah. Yeah. But uh, well, if will, you were even if we you could shoot at
0: 50,000 ISO, that would be oh, just
1: yeah, completely except forget completely except
0: half a million. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course the trouble is the numbers go up so quickly, right? Because obviously a f stop it doubles, but exponentially. Or, Um yeah. yeah, I mean really I'm happy at I'm happy that I can shoot at 5,000 ISO on the Mark 3. Yeah. But there are certainly occasions where that would be um beneficial. But um
1: but it, it shows how fast things have come or how different the technology is to the the uh, mysterium sensor as you think about I couldn't wouldn't even dream of going anywhere near 5000 or 3000 or so on the yeah. epic.
0: I know. No, on the epic we probably max out at normally 1200 to 1500. Mm, yeah.
1: Um, and I can't even turn my F5 down that 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 much.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean again,
1: it's it's different technology, it's different. When's the um, S, the A7S shipping? Uh should be June. So, yeah. I think well um should be able to pre-order in a week or so and yeah, mid mid next month. Probably next few start shipping in the next 2-3 weeks, I'd say.
0: So, talk to me about the mounts on that. What are you going to do?
1: Uh well, that's it's e mount. So, uh actually i think certainly in australia they bundled the camera with uh, your choice of metabones adapter i've got from my r i've got a um a couple of e2 uh leica leica m mount is being a rangefinder, real short short um focal depth uh lenses it's perfect Little Voigtlander lenses and little Leica lenses, little rangefinder lenses are fantastic on there. Uh, but then there's yes, there's the um, EF or Nikon to to E-mount. Any of this short, short focal depth mounts like the the F the FZ mount on the on the F5s and 55s and and the E-mounts on on stuff like the A7R and the FS700s are all really what they open you up it, is the ability to have all these adapters. It's fantastic. To to yeah, so I've got uh Metabones, Canon to E mount and a little like mount for a couple of little tiny little like amounts, like a lenses for just for, for just for run and gun and for, for, for travelling.
0: So Metabones it set you back what, five hundred bucks?
1: Yeah, it depend yeah, sort of yeah, three, four, five hundred and uh, But there's lots of people... Uh, they're even cheaper for the Leica mounts because there's so little in it. There's not much difference. It's literally only about 5 or 10mm of, of mount. The EF mounts are a little bit, but, little bit bigger. But surely and, most
0: of your lenses are Canon EF mm, mounts. Surely uh, most of your lenses yeah, are... Yeah, most
1: of, yeah. But I think I've uh, because the camera's quite small, I bought a couple of lenses specific to that so I don't have to have, muck around with mounts and you know, it sort of seemed a bit counterproductive to put huge, larger... Larger lenses and then adapters and things on it. So I think I used the little Voigtlander 40mm f1.4, which is really nice and uh, um, only only literally about a hundred or two hundred bucks for for the adapter to go from Leica to to E. So, but I think the 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 interesting thing about it is to have a camera and we will see this more and more is have a camera that has electronic viewfinder to have focus peaking. Have something so small and literally get those three points of contact. Put it right up to your eye. It's quite easy to keep that quite steady, quite easily. It's very nice run and gun. It's a real. It's it's how you used to. How it's how we used to shoot stills. You know, it's how you shoot stills today. Getting getting a, 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 a cameras are designed to be held up and held steadily up at that point. One hand on the lens and underneath the camera. The other hand on the grip and your eye and forehead on the on the viewfinder. Very d- stable.
0: It is pretty ca- crazy that an A seven S could do a uh, off camera four K record.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that is pretty sick, and no doubt very clean. And it does, and it does, it does pretty much all the things I wanted my one DC to do: to do nice, clean ten eighty p, to do some over cranking, to do sixty p, up to, and still be at ten eighty, and then also to do go beyond sixty p. The A seven S goes to hundred and twenty frames a second at 720p which may or may not be usable we haven't seen any tests of that i'm sure it's acceptable but yeah to do 60p and still stay at 1080 it's fantastic that's it's only really been uh the uh, one dc that's been able to do that and that's a camera that's three or four times the expense have you bought any lenses lately Mm, no i've got my the canon cine primes the the full set of those which uh, i'll be using on the f5 but uh no, not really no i'm I'm sort of reaching saturation point in there at that at that now. I've got too many lenses as it is.
0: <laughs> I'm certainly uh waiting for some audio stuff from our friends at road to uh ship so that I can get that.
1: What are you waiting on
0: uh well, that uh interview mic for a start for the iPhone. Before we have to go to an iPhone
1: six, oh, nice. the yeah, uh, yeah, the IXY, yeah, the nice. I delete that like.
0: they they release them as I delete them, they uh, release them as uh, as I'm about to remove to a new camera, yeah, as a new camera, new uh, phone,
1: yeah. So <laughs> I'm gonna part of the news was uh, since NAB, which and I thought was so exciting, and then end up being very very disappointing. Was the Pentax Pentax Six Four Five Z? This is just medium format. Six Four Five format is, is certainly larger than Five D, but not as, as, as not as large as, as some medium formats. It's the smaller of the form. It's the smaller end of medium format. This was going to be the first, and it is the first medium format camera to actually shoot video, to shoot uh, 1080p video. Uh, and I was busting to get my hands on this busting to I mean there's a lot of unanswered questions yet with this camera it's going to be eight and a half grand it's going to, it is coming mid-June right uh and uh, I was very very keen to to get my hands on this but then my very good friends uh at NewsShooter.com, Dan Chung managed to track down uh a spokesperson from Rico Pentax and ask them the pointed questions about the video format because there's, there's, they've announced very, a lot of stills and they've never yet shown any video samples. Right. And there's probably a good reason. Uh, the bit rate is 21 megabits per second, so even less than, say, ABCHD can do, even less than, say, an, an NEX7 is capable of, considering you're talking about a reasonably large sort of sensor, it's only yeah. 1080 I mean... I, yeah, I could be proved wrong. The, the video footage could be fantastic, but I'm not holding out an awful lot at uh, 20, 21 megabits a second, right? H264, okay. In what, ProRes? I could have been anything, ABC.
0: No, no, but what's the compression? No, it's uh, going to be much higher than that. It's going to be
1: H264. Variable bit rate, 21 megabits per second. It's Movie compression is H264. H264 h yeah. Uh Yeah. So the other questions were is I mean this is a crop we didn't know is it going to is it going to do a little tiny 1080 crop out of the middle which oh, you think would, it does a crop out of would the middle completely that uh, would destroy you know, the point of wanting destroy, to destroy yeah. the point of uh, whole point of having yeah. video on a medium format so it it actually crops 10% all the way around which a is disappointing because it's not ma- it's not it's not it's not radically huge compared to a 5D it's a bit huge it's a bit bigger but taking 10% off that is not great. It does seem a bit odd that they say 10% all the way around because the sensor itself is actually a 4x3 sensor. So if you take 4x3, you take 10% all the way around, then you end up with a 4x3 image, which doesn't write. So it must be more than that. Anyway, I'm imagining at least 10% on the sides, so then that's that's a fail. 21 megabits a second, that's a fail. Is there going to be any clean out? Could we get a clean out from this from the HDMI say to be record externally so that we didn't have a crop? To violate, or we uh, could have more than twenty-one megabits a second. And no, oil. there is no going to be no um, output. Was there going to be like an S log or a flat output mm. or any sort of log uh, recording mode or cine mm. mode? No, there isn't going to be any of that. Pentax isn't and really known for video. It
0: Pentax isn't really known for its video. <sighs>
1: I mean I'm sure uh, from a stills c- camera point of view stunning fantastic would be brilliant um the other slight bummer is that all of six all of the Pentax the 645 lenses the factory lenses designed for this actual mount autofocus mount uh they focus the wrong way well I say the focus the wrong way they focus the Nikon way the 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 opposite to standard cine direction so that's a bit of a fail which means that you have to use maybe Hasselblad lenses which uh focus the correct direction, but are a bit slow. And again, that sort of counteracts the whole large format thing as well. So, that's a little bit of a failed dream, burning, crushing <laughs> death of that little dream until the next person comes along and gets it right, or till the 645Z Mark two in about five years, by which time I'll be dead, given up waiting for anybody to even do anything decent. <laughs> it, does it, do nice, it, be, it does do a very nice, what uh, it seems to be, does do a very nice 4K time-lapse mode, though, which is quite interesting. It'll do, actually, not just shoot a string of stills that you then have to post-process. Mm-hmm. My understanding is it will take, not a crop, but it will do the full frame, or the full, the full sensor, and obviously create a, a 16 by 9 version, but does a 4K, um, will create a 4K time-lapse movie. And the... S- the um if you follow the link through the new shooter on in the show notes link to a youtube video uh, and it's stunning it's a beautiful stunning um uh, stunning video L- so much detail i mean yes you can get these results with, with a with a dslr um or any large format camera but there's a whole bunch of workflow this is creating those files in camera and giving you a video file rather than a whole string of, st- of raw stills, because you don't really want to do that with this because I think every frame is something crazy like 40 or 75 megabytes every frame. So it's not exactly ideal for a uh, time-lapse work. Anyway, little failed, little 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 flicker of light there, which was, was snuffed out before I'd even get a chance to see the light of day.
0: Actually, before we go on, can I rat hole to something that... Um, well, I hope you can discuss, but um, you did some, since we spoke, you did, uh, or rather it's been published, the work you did uh, on the Shine stuff with uh, uh, Lisa Wilkinson. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that, that is just yeah. glorious Thank work, you. my friend.
1: Yeah, I did a couple of spots for, oh, I, I say spots, they're quite long long form, two, three like minutes. Five long. minutes, didn't they? Mm-hmm yeah it might be four or so minutes f- long for for Canon, feel, yeah. huh? for um their uh their shine program which is basically su- getting you to submit uh, stills that um still i guess it's a stills competition um but yeah it was a really nice project um uh dealing with a um a breast cancer survivor marina who uh kindly uh allowed us to film her story. And it was astounding, and an astounding one. I didn't quite know what to expect. I knew it was probably going to be a good, interesting project, but uh, I wasn't expecting her to open up as much as she did for us. And it was made the project, and yeah, we did some, did some beautiful imagery and did some got some lovely results, and and it was fantastic. The agency were brilliant. I was very, very happy, and it kind of all fell fell into place. So, so yeah, I'm I'm very happy with that project. So,
0: so let me just explain for people that don't know. We'll put a link to this in the show notes, I'm sure. Um But it's um, it's a very moving account of a woman uh, who's on the other side of uh, having a double mastectomy, and actually, um, in a very tasteful way, uh she's you know you actually filmed her.
1: Uh yeah uh, yeah being um having a topless photo taken. I yeah, and it, it
0: is um it's an incredibly moving uh piece. It's really nicely shot though because as you tend to do and it's sort of a bit of a signature thing for you, but it's very much sort of um it's a portrait of a person with cutaways to give kind of an emotional context, the way I describe it. Mm. And uh some of those uh shots and they can be as simple as um did you use the any kind of dog shit lenses and there's some really yes, sort of blown yes, out um, yes,
1: used a bit of dog shit lensing and and that yeah. really
0: gives that kind of uh, afternoon hazy kind of uh, sunny feel of a home in a very kind of moving way
1: yeah I, I it light is so is so linked to emotion somehow I know it's just that the nature of light and, and how it falls or doesn't fall and, and just flares and just adds natural feel and then thus then that natural feel falls, um, follows through to the content and gives the content worth, I suppose, or gives it cr- credibility perhaps by, by making something feel as honest as, as possible. I don't know. It's a nice, 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 it's a nice, it's not really a fake, it's not a faked Instagram. Look, it's not, it's, you know, it's all natural and in camera and there's nothing fake about it. It's, 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 it's just.
0: Well, no. In fact, in fact, for the piece to have validity, it has to have an authenticity. Yeah. yeah. Um. And it has to not look treated. It. In fact, yeah. it. It really is incredibly important that it doesn't feel mm. too packaged. I think because that would be quite tasteless.
1: Yeah. And I. I yeah. And it was definitely was. I mean, we probably could have shot it on a lot of on a lot of cameras, but being a Canon project, of course, there was the, the. Um, um, handed down, of course, that we should shoot this on, on Canon. I shot it on the 1DC. Small crew? And, uh, yeah, it was quite small, small crew, yeah. yeah. I had uh, Jess Clark-Nash, who's my long-time assistant, and she was shooting a uh, second camera for me and did a beautiful job. And uh, I think we, yeah, created some lovely images. We were a very small crew. Has
0: a bit of a handheld feel. Were you shooting handheld yep. or on the movie? Uh,
1: on monopod most of the time, actually. Really? Yeah, okay. so we could still... We could still move around and relocate. There's a bit of really float nice in there quick it had a little bit still a little bit of float to it. I mean a lot of times the nice thing about it is you can quickly pop that off and then go on the hand uh, in the hand and we're working spent an entire day just sitting on the, lying on a carpet in the living room, just watching kids play with Lego and It was just really nice to have a really small little crew and a really small camera where I could literally just sit there and be part of the family there and and not really disturb the kids as they kind of interacted with mum and 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 just played and and i wasn't dealing with lighting i wasn't really dealing with sound i could literally just you know just almost drift into the into the background really and and uh, we could just get out of their way the
0: the way that the light plays um less in the still but more in the video uh, when she's sitting on the chair Mm. and you've got this kind of really strong light in what seems to be bottom left corner but i presume it's just coming through the window that way was it natural lighting through the window? What were you lighting in, the room with?
1: In where she's being photographed? Yeah, when, when she actually yeah, Yeah, well, uh, that was was sort of I was more, I wasn't directing that part. I was observing as Lisa yeah, took yeah. the photo. So she had a little bit of a uh, just to fill in that, uh, They think they little bit of a little a uh, little a little um uh you know light panel. In the LED light panel, that was the only lighting in there. It's basically natural light coming through the windows.
0: Through the window. Because I was going to say, because the thing that I... In the videos, I'm sorry, not her, the still yes. of her, not the portrait of her. Uh, in that and the other sequences in that room, it felt like there was a lot of light in the room, but it could have been more silhouetted. I was wondering if you were just bouncing light in. Yeah, or,
1: there was mainly the the light panel, adding light right. in there, really. Like a 1K or a... Um, just a little one by one. Just a little one-by-one yeah. one LED light panel. Okay. So, yeah, just a little V-lock battery-powered thing. I, w- I didn't really it, – it I wasn't overly keen having that light in there, but, of, of course, that, that light was serving the bigger picture of, of the still side of things without them having to have flash and just to fill in a little bit for that counteract a lot of light in the background for their stills. But, uh, yeah, worked around it for that bit. That was sort of a little bit out of my control.
0: Well, I think it was really nice work, Jess. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no, it was it was a lovely project and it was definitely testament to the fact that Marina let us uh, film her story and uh
0: Yeah, it's a very raw kind of yes, emotional yeah, piece. And
1: it was you know, she was very open about it all and it's just you just yeah, you, know, you just don't know what you're gonna get with that kind of stuff. And that that's part of the downside, but it's also it's way way, way uh, into the good side. You know, it's definitely way more of a bonus than a a plus than a minus, for sure. I'd much rather work that way.
0: You've done some great work with interviewing non-actor types or placing video portraits of non-actor types in various locations. Yeah. I mean, you've shot, like, that uh, piece we discussed back in the day um, for uh, the mining kind of BHP or whatever it was. Yeah. All over the world. There were some terrific portraits and i say portraits you know using mm. that term but it's you know i mean like composed to camera heck you even did some nice stuff when we were in vegas shooting with those uh anamorphic um, cook <laughs> lenses with the uh, showgirls and stuff i enjoyed watching yeah you work on it.
1: I, I yeah i just think natural light just so much more interesting it's more intriguing and you just got to make it you just got to choose it choose the right choose the right it comes down to choosing the right angles you know there's you can literally walk 10 five feet and have a shitty shot or a great shot, and just it's it's just great training too, and it's great discipline to To walk into a place and work out where's the best spot for the light without having you to put anything into it, you know. So um, yeah, it's it's and then I guess once you've got that in your head, then you can work out how to recreate it. Or once you, uh, it's a really good way of understanding light is to to just to watch it and make the and you know. You just don't really have much other choice in that kind of uh, natural, more run-and-gun, doco-based thing. You don't really have the time to to go lighting things or the personnel. Um, yeah, you just want to be able to make the most of what's there. It
0: can really work against a piece like that to look lit, if you know what I mean. Look yes, like it's, definitely. It's um, definitely. too polished, too whatever. I mean, I was watching The Good Wife the other night, and i got to say, for for lit work, it's magnificent I mean the way that uh, he lights the uh, actresses in that show is just spectacularly good yeah but it's a narrative drama that's slick anyway and you know it sort of adds to the gloss of the existence of the story mm. but it would totally not work for that kind of a piece where you're um, dealing with such a uh, sensitive and yeah. kind of natural and you know
1: it can be pretty it doesn't have to mean doesn't mean that it, it's um, doesn't mean that it's bad or le- any less of a, a style, it, yeah, it can be very pretty, and it can add add roar, it can add emotion.
0: Hey, I mentioned the movie before because uh, probably on my mind because you've got it in here in the studio at the moment. But um, I see that you found some control wheels for one.
1: I think this is awesome because I love wheels. I you love do. working off wheels, but I don't often get the opportunity. And I think the very first time that we saw the movie movie last uh, NAB. I thought oh can we have wheels for this it'd be awesome cuz a lot of the opportunity is to not just have uh it be in majestic mode or have it be record- be controlled by uh, a radio or a joystick uh, but often a lot of people more and more are rigging these things onto crane arms, rigging them out of vehicles into heli- in, inside helicopters or doing them remotely. And uh, it would be it's fantastic. And a company has uh, I'm sure they won't be the last, but the a company's come up with some really beautiful, um, a beautiful set of wheels, Veracity, uh, dot They've uh, built um, very beautifully machined um set of wheels specifically for Movi uh but not necessarily specifically for Movi specifically for any uh I think they should work with most radio controlled uh um controlled um gimbal gimbal rigs so not specific to the Movi brand uh they are not cheap uh but the, what they do is they they hook into you still need to have a radio control um, they're not wireless themselves they hook into what is the i guess you call it the trainer port of any radio controlled uh, or the buddy system kind of port of any uh, radio controlled transmitter that you would normally use that so, um, i think would normally come come with a movie this is the port where you might you know if you're trained to fly an air fly an aircraft someone will get it up in the air for you and then they'll flick a switch and then you have a little buddy box thing where you can actually you know you can take over the controls for a bit and learn and then when it gets tricky or you get out of your depth you flick it back and someone else can um take over so you still need to have the wireless remote thing but 4300 bucks not bad beautifully beautifully um beautifully made and it's really good to have have the wheels as an option and uh yeah good on them for bringing these out not sure if they're actually shipping yet but i think they i think you can pre-order them not sure of the timeline to get yours but uh yeah i think it's uh, definitely going to suit a lot of people as I say because people are starting to not use them just for just you know running around running around in, in classic movie mode they're uh, rigging them off lots of things and uh, a lot of people are still very very happy to use wheels um, you know as we are for you know crane crane work and oh, yeah, remote totally. head work so yeah very cool
0: Yes, and you need to practice by doing figure eights.
1: Figure eights, yes, indeed. I'll put the laser, yeah. You put the laser on the put the laser pointer on printer, the front on the phone, of the camera, yeah. and put a figure eight on the wall, and and start doing that. Sign your name. But once you have learnt it, once you've got it in your head, it is so it's ingrained. It definitely is. It's a cliché thing to say, like like riding a bike. But you know, uh, I don't use wheels very much. But when I jump back on them again now, it's definitely just like just like. Like coming home, and uh, it definitely is a definitely still a very valid and not at all archaic way of way of moving the camera. There was one thing post NAB that I didn't, and I only caught it at the last day. Um, my very good friends at G Technology. Um, full disclosure: I'm a G Tech uh, G Tech ambassador, but uh, this is something I've been waiting for for a long time: is to get a Thunderbolt 2 technology out and about, but also get something that's going to suit say, the Mac Pro, and I guess, hopefully, when they up, up, update, uh, say, the iMac, it'll suit that as well. The uh, G-Speed, the Studio RAID, this is primarily just by the design cues. This is designed to complement the, the Mac Pro, uh, but this is a really nice piece of kit. I uh, saw it in in, in in person at NAB at the tech stand. Up to twenty four terabytes. It's got four it's basically it's a four slot RAID tank thing um running off Thunderbolt two. Mm. Uh they have uh twelve, sixteen and twenty four uh terabyte versions and pretty reasonable, three and a half grand for the twenty four terabyte version. Now, you can raid that any way you like where it's just j just you've got full 24, unprotected 24 terabytes, or you can make it really fast. I think the guys on the stand there were saying that you can configure the raid to be so fast, and obviously at, at you'd lose capacity, of course, by by going, going you know, by, um, gaining speed. You can get to the point where you're almost saturating the Thunderbolt 2 port, which Hi. is pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, I'm not quite sure what that is in megab- megabits megabytes per second, but uh, damn fast. Damn um fast? Damn fast. Yeah, I mean, even if you did, yeah, even if you just bought the 24 t- terabyte version and just just whatever it is, RAID one, RAID zero, whatever it is, where you just d- lose half twice, you g- gain twice the speed and, and half the um, half the capacity. Is that how it works? You got a tw- very nice 12, very fast 12 terabyte uh, RAID enclosure. So. There's not that many uh, Thunderbolt two raid solutions out there. No, Um, but yeah, and especially not this capacity because I think this uses being being GTEC. It uses Hitachi drives, and I don't think many people have got this. Uses four six terabyte drives. You've got six terabyte drives now, so that's uh, and they're fast. So bloody impressive and I think that's coming in the next few weeks uh, shipping soon so yeah if you haven't seen it go to g-technology.com I will definitely be getting my hands on one of these and, and can't wait I don't think I'm going go to go the Mac Pro to plug it into it that's why I'm hoping the Mac, the iMac they'll bump that, those up to I'm sort of holding off until they hopefully bump the iMacs up to Thunderbolt 2
0: yeah I would be going for the Mac Tower thingy if, well, on the second generation probably, I think there's some obvious changes they may want to do
1: with graphics cards and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I mean, I think... Yeah, it depends what your application is. of course. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the... I was sort of umming and ahhing, you know, if I was going to go Dragon and stick with, with Epic, et cetera, then I would probably uh, would have gone Mac Pro and that would have added to the expense of that direction. But uh, I think I've seen such clean efficient drag and drop um, editing uh, even with just my old 2009 Mac Pro with with the F5 codec that uh, I think I'll just be going I think I'll just go an iMac and get a stonking big save the money and get a stonking big spend it on storage and uh, maybe maybe a second monitor
0: spend it on stonking
1: spend it on stonking things so yeah what else um, so oh, I've got aii I've got a. I've got to. Uh, sorry, do you want to go ahead? I was no, no, go for it. I was going to talk about Bright, bright Tangerine. My very good friends at Bright Tangerine. Uh, they brought out a, a oh, fantastic yes, new map box. Fantastic new map box. Uh, it's a revision on their Strummer map box, which was sort of their mid range one. Uh, it's called the Strummer DNA. Now. I mean mapbox is you know th- not everyone has call for them, but if you do uh and you've got to use one daily then uh, you definitely have uh have your likes and your dislikes and uh, have your favorite brands but uh bright Tangerine, these guys i can't I can't speak high enough about the way about their quality of workmanship, how they think about these things and how they uh, upgrade and add add-ons and and continue to develop and improve their products. So the, new, the latest box is the Strummer DNA, which is... Uh, it's a little pricey for me, Jace. It is a little pricey, but in Matbox land, this is not pricey, okay? Yeah, but Box
0: land was built in the days when everything else was really expensive, and so spending 3000 on a Box wasn't outrageous.
1: It is still not... Well, if you'd like to go with say, I don't know, the German equivalent, you're gonna be spending double that, seven or eight K for say um, an M B fourteen or the equivalent the equivalent I'm just German sorry, I it hard in in, in to ver- spend commas, matte box.
0: Like nine thousand on a camera and three thousand on its matte
1: box. But this is not Yeah, this is not this is more for this is for larger productions, this is people this is not really owner operators who are just doing you know doing doco stuff so this, this, is, this is, is this is this is this is up there with the german this model, is reckon? this is yeah absolutely this is completely completely um top of the range oh yeah this is yeah there's there's probably it's either Ary or these guys i think at the moment there's a couple of other people out there making out boxes but no one really comes comes close to this what i like about i think with, with the Ari stuff you you kind of buy it for a particular purpose, but the bright tangerine guys make their stuff a little bit more adaptable, make it maybe a little bit more flexible. I think. So this is uh, either do three rotating six by six trays or three rotating four by five six fives or PSR uh, trays, but make it adaptable so you can actually swap the back cassette over and and swap one for, one to the other, and or add trays. Go from three trays to two tray or add another tray. Uh, and you can go from swing away, just with a little swap of a bracket, go from swing away lightweight fifteen to studio fifteen to studio nineteen. They've got a beautiful. Their flag system is fantastic, and I think is better better than than what has done. It really let you choke choke the things, the 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 flags into control flares for people. Some people still don't like flares. Flares have a place, but they're not always uh, what you want. Uh, beautiful flag system, super lightweight. It's half the weight and half the price of, of the competitive ARI box and um, a, as I say, a very valid, very valid competitor. I, I, I seriously, I don't own one of these. I own the uh, Misfit which is a smaller, lighter one and it can go from rods to clamp on but uh, you know, if you use, if you use boxes, you got to, if you don't know about these guys, really go and, and check them out. They also have this really nice, neat... You know that sort of classic double reflection thing? Sometimes you see it with car headlights, you see the car yeah, headlights, and yeah, yeah. yeah. you see these way other stray car headlights way up at the top left-hand corner of frame. That's sort of the fact that if you've got... That's light bouncing around in between, bouncing off off filter trays or bouncing off multiple filters or bouncing from a filter from the lens and because uh, the, the, the filter tray is not quite lined up, so they actually have... really beautiful system of being able to not just vertically adjust but also tilt the matte box forward or backwards this Adi reflection tilt little module you can add on there to get rid of that kind of stuff so very awesome. And it's got quarter 20 and three eighth mounting bolts all over the thing to be able to mount cine tapes or other flags or even a monitor, lightweight monitor, whatever you want to rig off there. It's really nice to be able to... The mat box has become the place to put handles and rigs and a whole ton of stuff off there. So it's not just a place for filters anymore. So anyway, well done, guys. Congrats to you guys and, and Andy from, from Bright Tangerine for a, another awesome... Or something, and again they 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 don't stop there, they keep going there's a lot of stuff in the pipe so how did
0: not changing the subject to software yes. again? something we didn't discuss much uh at n a b because I think I was slightly confused about when it was released, but I was under an n d a there for a little bit um is uh our friends over at um well, basically, magic bullets and the entire red giant universe thing that happened.
1: Yeah, I haven't really touched much on the universe thing. A magic bullet looks, I'm aware of, the update, but not, yeah, the universe thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, the universe is their um, sort of uh, way of having a community center, basically, that lets you have tools that you can kind of swap and, and do. Um, One of the reasons I was a little confused is one of the things that is coming as part of that is another particular software update, and I'm waiting for that because I want to review it because I I just really use it as part of our um, general kind of uh, workflow. I mean, those guys do a lot of really, really good stuff, but it's probably remiss that we didn't mention that they'd launched the universe stuff. Um, And it's more than a cloud, hence the universe tag, Um, but uh, it is um, kind of a GPU-focused set of tools. That obviously you would use as you would expect from Red Giant in things like uh, After Effects, Premiere, um, Final Cut. Ever thought of going back to Final Cut? Yeah, just, I'm happy with Premiere. What about you? Yeah, happy with Premiere. Yeah. Yep. Not going to make me go back. No. No. Nah. Nah. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's. I keep uh, trying. I keep going every once in a while. They no, do no. an
1: update, and I go back and I go, no, nah, no, hasn't nah. quite hasn't quite changed enough for me.
0: Yeah. So that's um that's worth checking out. Um, but as I said, there's more stuff coming from them, and when. Uh, we get the next release, which we've been waiting for now since mid-April. We'll be able to talk about that one. Cool. uh,
1: But Magic Bullet Looks just had a good... uh, And it was overdue, but there's, yeah, Magic Bullet Looks 2.5, which is fantastic. I do... I like the fact that it's just integrated. It's always there. It's integrated into into Premiere, uh, at least for for me, for Premiere. Um, The fact that it's always there, I can just... I don't have to go and do a round trip to another app. Sometimes... Obviously, going to the resolve route is is completely you know valid for for any production. But a lot of the times I don't want to have to you know go and go and go and leave where I am. I want to stay and keep editing, and I want to sort of play with the looks as I edit and sort of you know yep. have a bit tweak of a grade. Go and do a bit yep. of an edit. Well, especially get bored if you're showing edit, someone, I'll look. do a bit of a grade. If you're showing someone an edit, sorry. You want to have some of a look on yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely, exactly, exactly. As we shoot sort of flatter and flatter stuff, and I shoot a little bit flat sometimes if I'm using um, milkier, you know, more flare. Well, let's face it. If you're doing that kind of lens, you have I to do audio sweetening,
0: and you have to do color grading as yeah. part of an offline. Which is but it's a fair. It's a,
1: apart from improving it, like at least I think mine's running at least a third or so faster. But I'm even in just on my old Mac Pro at the moment. But yes, uh, it, it certainly faster. runs faster, and the rendering is faster, and the previewing is faster. But a couple of things that was nice is to have a strength slider to once you. Finally. Once you once you build a look and you've got like five or six filters and you've got a grade and you've got a bit of contrast and you've got a curve and you've got a you know just think oh, I don't really like that but just I just want to back it off a little bit it was really uh, annoying to go through every one of those filters and and back them off so it's nice to be able to just literally go in there and have a little strength slider and the S tool the S curve stuff is much nicer it's much easier to mm-hmm. it was a bit un, it was a little bit sort of it was a little bit unsubtle last in the last version it was quite easy to go a little bit too far and now it's much easier to a lot more control and and um far subtler and more, more professional um yeah control over that so terrific and the previewing and it's 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 great i i i thanks guys for updating it it was a little bit overdue but uh it's 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 now current and relevant and uh yeah definitely still staying on on my machine well done. Well done. Well done. Jolly good. What else was there?
0: Um, it, can I do a rat hole spin-off? Yes. Which is The Business is one of my favorite podcasts, apart from this one, Jase. Oh, yes. One, it's my, the Business is one. Uh, in fact, I interviewed the host of The Business on uh, FX Go TV. Oh, yes. Uh, but now there's a... Is there two spin-offs from The Business? I think there is, because one of them is... Um, like i think it's in my my feed for the business yeah and, th- and then there's the spin off right
1: the spin off is a monthly uh it's very much like 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 the business and and um so there was one that was in my feed of the
0: business which would come up or maybe that became the spin off
1: the spin off is, is like a monthly i guess it's more aimed at the tv industry right uh, and cable industry, it's still relevant, it's interesting, it's maybe a little bit less structured, it's a bit more, they generally have two or three or four guests, and it's a bit more of a round table thing, I wish it was more often, but it's only once a month, but if, if you listen to the other ones, uh, the business, and, oh, what, what's the other? The treatment? The treatment? No, not the treatment, um, the business, and, uh, uh, oh. Gosh, the one that's kind of like the the beginning of the business.
0: Oh, um I know what you mean. Uh the yeah, the short one. It's um uh sh- god, what is
1: it? <laughs> Hollywood breakdown. Hollywood breakdown. Yeah. It it's uh it's it's very much um uh it's a lot more sort of off the cuff. It's a more of a round table casual chat, but it's quite long. Uh, and it can go for an hour or so, and just as well because again, it's only once a month. But I do, I do, lo- I love most of what KCRW do. I just love their style, and uh, yeah, it's always. I like Kim
0: Masters. she's yeah,
1: she is fantastic. She's not always. She's sometimes on the show, but but not always. Oh, martini shots. The other things. Martini shots, is, is excellent. I lo- it's almost my favorite. Thing is, almost it's my slightly too scripted. Ever. Well, it is. I think. I guess it's, it's very. It's very scripted, but yeah. uh, but it, it, he's a writer.
0: Well, that's why it's scripted. I know. The Hollywood Breakdown is good, except for they tend to repeat what's on the Hollywood Breakdown at the start of the business. True, The business is is spectacular because, um, and it's not only Kim, by the way. Her producer is really good. Darcy.
1: The the last business was brilliant. Uh, Oh, the Kevin Spacey one. The Kevin Spacey. Um, That was really interesting. Um, Yeah, but there's lots of them.
0: Like there's, I mean, uh, yeah. They're occasionally stuff that is um, a little too indie for my taste, but yeah I, yeah, I think the show is
1: outstanding. Yeah. Oh, there was... The last couple of episodes were brilliant. I was trying to think what it was. Um, it's a good team. Yeah, yeah. It was good to see the the, 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 the little bit of backstory on, on, on Kevin Spacey, which was terrific, because I'm loving... Um, House of Cards. Loving House of Cards. Well, In we this haven't country, don't have the huge rolls out week, week. We have it, yeah, rolling yeah. out once 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 a week.
0: I'm one week behind so don't tell me what happened last week.
1: No, I'm one week behind too so I'll tell you.
0: So so the last episode we saw I was screaming at the television. I was so mad at him. <laughs> um but yes, I'm uh, yeah, I've yeah. got two episodes to catch up on this weekend. But yeah, Kevin Spacey's particularly good. Really interesting um how well that business model has been going. Yes. And what it means in terms of freeing uh, people up, um, I can't imagine that it hasn't been hugely profitable. Of course, the numbers don't really come out on it, but it, it's it's yeah. And
1: and and, and that's that. What Kevin touches on that last episode is because he he's uh, um, basically funded a documentary uh, called Now in the Wings on the world stage, and he definitely touches on the sort of you know, the Netflix model and, and where the why and and uh the sort of genesis of that. Yep. So yeah, very impressive. Love that. Uh
0: what else? She did an uh by the way, an interview back in two thousand eleven with Roland Emmerich. I've never had it's very rare that I'll hear an interview with somebody that completely turns me around on my opinion on someone. But Kim Masters' interview with Roland Emmerich in two thousand and eleven, I was like, okay, I really will now watch Roland Emmerich film differently. That was
1: on uh, Anonymous. Yes, I think. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, it definitely. That is that they are. I'm not a fan of the the treatment. Me neither. In uh, fact, the, I have yelled
0: at the treatment at times in a bad way, especially because he was quite derogatory about visual effects artists. And I just didn't forgive him for that. Yeah. No. And I don't like... Like, he has done some interesting interviews. He did one with Jeff Prost from Survivor, which was kind of interesting. But there are other times that it's just so self-indulgent that I just can't get past it. Yeah. And it really is just horrendously self-indulgent. I'm like,
1: okay, well, I'm sorry. But, yeah. There was actually a really great one on the making of the Lego movie. I didn't listen to it. Yeah. I'm not sure which episode it was, but if you go back LEGO oh, the Lego review, was development of it and was quite interesting in dealing with Lego themselves and the licensing of it. And, and but I listened to it because I was in an story.
0: airport lobby and I didn't have anything else to listen to. Yeah, right.
1: That's okay. Very good.
0: But yes, uh, one I, I still sorry, I still say that uh, in addition to KCRW, I'll take anything that's off um, that kind of NPR, fresh air, Yeah. On the media, in particular, on the media yeah. is a cracker of a podcast. It's much more relevant to our uh, listeners. If you're not listening to On the Media, um, I think it's really, really good. I mean, they do some very serious. Isn't that's an
1: NPR podcast?
0: It's NPR. It's uh, discusses um, like they regularly do. There's almost a running gag about um, the media industry and the changes in it, and that's what I think is most relevant to us. They do other things on a, you know, obviously a huge range of things in and around um, the media, uh, but. But On the Media has a um, particular thing that they'll come back to about uh, the state of the industry, where it's moving, where it's changing, in terms of those business models, the kind of Kevin Spacey kind of stuff, yeah. um, uh, how to save the newspaper industry. And whenever they do that, I just think it's um, awesome. Apparently, there's a great one coming up on uh, the relationship between the media and uh, politics and um I haven't heard it yet, but it's, uh, I've heard from somebody else that knows that it's going to be great. So.
1: An episode of – I'm just remembering – an episode of The Business to catch up on. It's one on uh, the um, – because it's just dated, I guess. Monday, April April 28th episode, which is director Stephen Knight talking about his shooting of the, the feature Lock, uh, which uh, – intriguing, very intriguing way that was shot. Huh. But basically, it's all inside a car – at night or in, it literally all happens in real time uh, and they shot it over I think about a week and they sh- put three or four cameras in a car and just locked it off and just drove and they drove and they shot the entire script from beginning to end every night for like seven to ten days and very interesting discussion creatively so Was the director in the boot uh, I, they're on a they did uh, basically I think about a week of on Low Loader all right uh, and then I think they did a couple of, t- a couple of, a couple of nights where they just did free running where actually, uh, the actor was, um, I forget the Tom uh, Tom Hardy was driving, literally driving, huh. but the rest of the time. And it was interesting. They had auto cues into the, in oh, really? inbuilt into the rear vision mirror because half of it huh. was auto cued because it was, you couldn't remember the whole script. Right. And then I think after they did a week of it, then they just let him... Because uh, it's all—it's all, all basically plays out through phone calls he's having uh, on his hands-free okay. kit as he drives I, through the night, and all basically I plays confess, out in real time. I Very interesting film. to Can't the start to of that one, it.
0: and when I heard. That it was the guy who did "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire." Yeah, I stopped listening. I actually, yeah, I should have to go back and listen. to the No, it's interesting
1: backstory on him, but also, yeah, pushing push on to that episode and listen to him the way him uh, way he. Um, I'm not sure about the tech. That is actually be interesting to follow up on 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 the actual technology of it yeah. and how it was shot because shooting feature length all in one go and shooting basically all the crew were sitting at the roadside cafe. They'd set it all up, boom, and then just go. Hmm. And then at the end of the night, they'd come back and. and <laughs> I do find so, that to be the funniest very thing when you're shooting car stuff.
0: Like, you'll have main unit and you'll be there. Everyone's sitting around. Yeah. Now, in your case, you're the director, so you yes. go. I'm the visual effects supervisor. I don't go. So yes. I just go, okay, so you don't need me for this bit. And they just go off. And then yeah. everyone's just sitting at base, yes. just having coffee. There's nothing you can do. Yes, yeah. Nothing. Interestingly. Can't even pretend to pay attention. Yeah,
1: the last time I did it was quite weird. And everyone comes
0: back like two hours later and you go, how'd you go? Yeah. Great, we think we've got some stuff.
1: The last time I did it was quite interesting because uh, we were, it was the last day, I think we were in Prague, and it was the last day of a shoot and we were running out of time, we had very little time with the kid and he was in the back of a car and I was doing reactions of him and lights fading and... I think what I did was I had the wireless transmitter on my camera, the paralynx on my camera, the agency were in the car following behind mm-hmm. and I just thought they were just along for the ride. I hadn't yeah. only when we parked and they finished they said, That was fantastic. We saw the whole thing on our on That they had the my they had my director's monitor in their car. They could <laughs> see it all, they could approve it, they could say, Great, I loved it, I love what we saw, great. We, you don't need to stop and play us back. We're running out of light, we're running out of kid time, let's move on. So it was but it was really, um, yeah, it, it, it's very, ordinarily, that's exactly what you have to do. You have to go and just and shoot and you got to turn around and come back and then play back. And it's a, you know, that whole stop, very, very stop start. But uh, anyway, so uh, definitely go and check out that episode of Business. I, mean, I am actually going to Inspired to uh, f- um, find out more about the, the tech behind that because it definitely was an intriguing way to shoot and it was actually... Going against how you would normally do it, and it was actually shooting a film the way you think it should be done, rather than the way it actually should be done. You know what I mean? Should <laughs> the, how do we should we do this? Is this the best way? they can't be right. You wouldn't give an actor an auto cue, would you? Oh well, why not? Fuck it. Let's do it over three weeks, where we do a scene every day, and literally to do an entire film from beginning to end, and it's all based on one location happening in real time. Intriguing. I can't uh, wait. Apparently uh, the film is really, really good too, so I can't wait to see it.
0: As we're going down this uh, this path, are you listening to any of the Rat-hole Twit podcasts path. anymore? What's that? Well, it is. I mean, we're talking about industry podcasts, but are you listening to any Twit podcasts anymore?
1: I do listen to... I listen to MacBreak Weekly a bit. Yeah? Um. I listen to Twit and MacBreak Weekly, pretty listen much. listen to Twit? That's about it.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, so old yes, school. Yes.
1: On and off. I know. Um. Um, yeah, I, I struggle, but I do. It's just there's not that much other good podcasts out there, really. Oh, one quick little tiny little web website um, pick before we go, I guess. Uh, CameraSize.com. <laughs> this is the weirdest, stupidest little website, but it's so cool. CameraSize.com. Basically, just uh, I mean, it's, this is really more comparing um well let me DSLRs. guess. The sizes of cameras sizes of cameras comparing the sizes of cameras you can look at an a seven s versus a five d mark III and basically just see them side by side see them physically physically compared and uh and compared to a double a battery right so it's uh yeah i love that little site it's fantastic you can just see how the size difference between between a um i don't know a, a little pocket rocket and um, a Pentax a K5 and a 7D or something. Genius. Thanks, whoever did it. AI. Excellent.
0: So who have you been retweeting lately as a way of uh, flagging um, uh, people for our Twitter selection?
1: Hmm. Hmm. Questions without notice. Questions without notice. Indeed. Good question.
0: I retweeted a really funny one when they announced the cast for Star Wars. It was from Darth Vader. That awkward moment when the Star Wars cast is announced and you're not in it.
1: <laughs> Darth Vader's not in it. Well, no, because it's... Dave Prowse, wasn't that that big meeting, roundtable well, meeting? Well, think about what happens at the end of Star Wars. Yeah, I guess so, because this is... Following on, this is essentially yeah, episode dead. episode seven. He comes back
0: as a hologram, no. remember? And he's in the forest. Yeah. And he's, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then that's it. Yes. Yeah, well, he's he's in it as much as Obi-Wan Kenobi is. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I, 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 no, I, I'm... Fatalist. I'm... You hadn't thought about that, had you? I'm...
1: <laughs> I'm putting stunning. good vibes out to the universe, I'm sure. It's going to be Fantastic. The yes. fact that they're shooting on film and they're shooting in London and...
0: I did not know they were shooting on film.
1: Yeah. Have you seen... You've seen the Panavision cameras? No. They've got two black, uh, I think, the Millenniums. Yeah. Called Death Star and something else. They've <laughs> Panavision are doing a bit of a big, you know, big push. To How ironic,
0: keep... given that Star Wars uh, Episode 1... was No, 2... But a little bit in episode one.
1: It's Kindly everything they're doing is anti-episode one, two, three. Whatever they did in one, two, three, we're not doing that. So there's
0: no Jar Jar? <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yes. Please, tell me that's not true.
1: We're going to do Jar Jar, but we're going to do, do him as a puppet, not CGI. It's the
0: exact opposite of what they did. So everyone's going to have a couple of Danish steps to their heads. Help me, be Is Yoda
1: alive? Is she still alive in episode? Is
0: Yoda still alive? I can't well, believe Yoda, you've been asking that question.
1: I mean, Yoda hasn't popped off like...
0: Really, Yoda hasn't popped off. Well,
1: I'm I kind of fucked up by the whole episode one, two, three. Just kind of throw me. I know it all finishes at at at, at, at um, four, five, six, but one, two, and three just kind of f- f- fucked fucked up my.
0: Okay, you remember what happened, right? Universe memory. They throw the Emperor down the tubes. Vader yep. gets zapped. You remember all this? Yep. Yep. What's interesting is. Um, uh, is that the shields shooting in London? Because for a while I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. I can't believe you don't know who's dead at the end of uh, Star. Is it, <sighs> Did the May the Fourth mean nothing to you, <laughs> Wingrove?
1: Come on, I'm a child of the seventies. That definitely. Yeah, exactly everything to right. Me. You're a
0: child of the seventies, which is why you should exactly know what happened at the end of episode. Uh, you know,
1: Millennium Falcon is the name of one of them, and Death Star is the other one.
0: The two panavision cameras,
1: anodized black. Oh, they are very cool. Can well, you put I'm sure those in the got Bloody few more of those as well. They're more but, than two, have uh, sure got more than more than two more than two bodies. I tell totally don't know those uh, uh, in a nice bit of pre. We are shooting this on film, by the way. Everybody, PR from from Panavision. They, uh, yeah, I think they're shooting in Africa now. They are shooting now. Yeah, not in Africa. They well, haven't gone to Tunisia. They've gone somewhere else. Hmm. Anyway, yeah. good to see. It would yeah. be a joy to be working on that film. If you happen to be working on Star Wars and you haven't signed an NDA, please get in touch <laughs> let us know. How's it going?
0: Yeah, because that's the thing that really would like you know not give you any trouble with the Disney Corporation. If you,
1: <laughs> if you happen to be working on Star Wars and here's, haven't signed an here's some an NDA, shots I took on my how iPhone. How the hell did you get away with that? Yeah. Even if you have, just anonymously, come and tell us. Tell us.
0: No. I mean, I I honestly believe for a whole group of us, it would be a case of I don't want to know. I want to experience it.
1: Yeah no I don't want to know anything about it I'd just want to, I would have, would have been awesome would be awesome to work on it
0: it's funny that because I remember uh, episode 1, 2 and 3 started I was talking to some artists that obviously went to Ireland to work on that and they went there because of you know 4, 5 and 6 and they were just like the thing is the first week you're is like oh god I can't believe I'm working on Star Wars and then the second week I'm doing Roto again which is <laughs> less Star Wars-y than I thought it would be even though I'm rotoing Star Wars characters yeah, I mean the 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 uh, I think in it, in the in the process of it, at some point it's cool, but it's also it is work.
1: It's uh, I want, I'm interested to see what Andy Circus's role is. Yes, yes, what? I've got to
0: say while we're on that topic that uh, return of the beginning of the end of the start of the Planet of the Apes looks yes. good.
1: Yes, Andy is a is is a god. Amongst men. Well, they certainly amongst he certainly so
0: can act like one if he wants
1: to. It is. Oh, Danny Mindell is cinematographer. Okay. Interesting. I thought it was going to be his, uh, J.J. Abrams' long-time collaborator who shot Super 8 and things as well with him. Interesting.
0: Okay. So the only other thing to say is that by the time you listen to this podcast, uh, which should be uh soonish we'll be releasing the godzilla podcast that i've done with uh, gareth edwards the uh, director that's coming up uh, around the air the weekend of the 17th and 18th of the month as godzilla hits cinemas um great I, I think it's a good interview a great guy a really interesting discussion about um uh the history of that franchise also approaches to everything to even how he works with the actors and uh and how they have the acting process in terms of rehearsal and stuff. So um, that's coming up over at uh, FX Guide. There's a bunch of other cool stuff there at the moment to do with um, Spider-Man as well as uh, Captain America and a bunch of other um, popular things, some good tech stuff on UDEMs and stuff. And, uh, of course, we'll be back next month, as we uh, always are, or at least always should be, uh, every <laughs> every month, Mr. Wingrove. And. <laughs> Regular as <laughs> You're just <work. laughs> completely obsessed now with Star Wars. I can see him on his, I was, uh, I was just on his, his new Mac Air going, going. Oh
1: yeah! Larry Fong is the uh, cinematographer who's worked with uh, with JJ on on things like.
0: Uh, so, because Jason's slightly distracted, uh, Jason can be found as uh, as Wingrove on um, it, Twitter.
1: Indeed, or Wingrove twi- Wingrove my website. Okay, you and, and find I've- the Canons spot.
0: And I am, of course, Mike Seymour. I really recommend that Canon spot. It's an incredibly moving piece and just lovely, lovely stuff, Jase. Thanks. Um, until next time, guys, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, we really, really appreciate your support. Um, all right. We'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, guys.
1: Cheers. Thanks for listening. Send your questions or comments to rc at fxguide.com. Copyright 2011, FX Guide, LLC.